And I was just completely inspired by their stories of like, you know, just being vulnerable and crying together and just supporting each other. It was such a beautiful thing. And I was like, wow, I want to like replicate this and give this to women because I truly believe by sharing our stories, that's how we truly connect with other people. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. So glad you are back here listening today. Um, You know, part of what I love to do in this podcast is to um, just offer hope, offer hope hope for recovery, but just hope and empowerment for women, um, really for anybody listening to the podcast. And today I have a wonderful guest that is coming on today to talk about just that, empowering women and really just to be the best versions of themselves. And I kind of talk about that again in my wellness business is that, you know, it's never too late to take care of yourselves and we should be able to live our best lives when we make some healthy choices and things like that. And um, Jennifer Ramirez today is a um, wonderful gal who is doing that again, empowering women to be the best version of themselves, just regardless of the adversities that they've faced in life. And um, she has a nonprofit called at uh, and rise, and she has a wonderful coaching business called and flourish. Um, so today, thank you, Jennifer Ramirez, for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation. Thank you, Moira, for having me. I'm excited too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad that we met. We met through um, some networking, right? That we yep. ha- we do in the area, and again, always thrilled to meet other people that are on a you know a bit of a similar mission in helping people overcome their adversities. And again, like I said, realize that, you know, your, your circumstances don't define who you, who you are, who you can be. Um, And as again, I've shared with many um, and many other stories, many times people are helping others because of things that have happened to them in the past. And I know that that's um, is your case as well. So I'd love to have you again, just start Tell our audience a little bit about yourself and kind of where you came from, if you will, and in your story yeah. and why, because I know that story will start to show us why you are doing what you're doing today and yes. why you're so passionate yeah. about that. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Thank you. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so it all started a long time ago. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> so, I mean, no, it, it did though. So I unfortunately went through childhood sexual abuse by my father when I was seven years old. And, you know, my mom found out and didn't do anything. So that in and of itself was pretty traumatic. And then also, um, you know, we were just taught to keep it a secret. Don't nobody tell the family secret, right? So it was this big secret that I basically held in my entire life until I didn't. And now I'm very public about it. Um, And I'm very happy that I have done that because it's been very healing for me, very freeing. And just knowing that I'm not holding around this secret with me anymore. it's a, it's a good feeling. So because of the sexual abuse, I, you know, 
I didn't have any boundaries because I was taught that no wasn't even an answer growing up. So I had a lot of issues with friendships and uh, just any type of relationship, really, when I became an adult, especially romantic relationships. My father is also a narcissist. So then I went on to, you know, go into the cycle of dating narcissistic men who were abusive. I went through domestic abuse, um, emotional abuse, and even financial abuse as an adult. And it was really tough. I also was a single mom. I became a single mom at 21. As soon as I told him I was pregnant, he took off. So that was another traumatic thing that happened for me. You know, raising a kid alone, especially when you're that young, is very hard. And I struggled um, financially. I was really poor. I was living in a bad neighborhood in Chicago because that's all I could afford at the time. And I was just very unhappy. I was dating really bad men, <laughs> not, you know, very, very bad men. And then I used to just surround myself around uh, bad people. Like I wasn't a bad person. I'm still not, but I got into this point when I, in my early twenties, when I became this crazy party girl, but also I became a really big hard ass. And that was totally a front because I wanted people to know that I was tough because mind you, I grew up in the suburbs. So then when I moved to the city, I had to take a different stance on how I lived. I lived in a bad neighborhood. So I had to let people know I was tough, even though I don't, I don't think I really was, but I had to give out that aura that, you know, don't mess with me. So I became a different person, but it was just a defense mechanism. Right. And then it wasn't until I really like hit rock bottom. I was so poor and I was just so unhappy. And I was with these men that treated me like crap or cheated on me. And it was just always something. So um, it was basically I hit rock bottom. And then I was like, all right, I need to do something different with my life because yeah, the sexual abuse was an unfortunate part of my life, but I have been making these decisions on my own, these self-sabotaging type of decisions. You know, I, I did use to self-sabotage a lot because I didn't believe anyone loved me. I didn't believe I was worthy of anything because that's kind of how my childhood went. You know, I, I was taught that my voice didn't matter. And I was taught that, you know, my body was whatever for everyone to, to kind of take advantage of. And so, um, you know, I had to kind of work through that. So I started reading self-help books. I started um, going to counseling and that really changed my life because it gave me a different perspective on myself, on the things that I had been through. And it also kind of showed me like, you know, you don't have to be stuck in this kind of rut that you're in. So I just really started pushing forward. And then I, you know, that really helped me to kind of open my eyes to other opportunities. So then I started uh, going to college and I put myself through college and I graduated about two years ago because I was still working my full-time job. And then I still was doing part-time college and raising my kid by myself. So it was a lot, but it was a huge accomplishment for me. And then I also, by the time I was 30 years old, I was hundred percent debt-free and then because of that, then all that money I was using to pay down my debt, I started using towards like, okay, I started Googling things and researching, how can I grow my money? And then I started getting into real estate. And so I started purchasing real estate properties in Chicago. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like my little side hustle aside from work. And then in 2018, I started doing these women empowerment events out of my living room. It just started out as a hobby because it was something I really enjoyed doing. I loved like empowering women. I was like, this is so much fun. And I love sharing stories and telling, you know, people my story of how I got out of this horrible situation that I was in too. And then from there, uh, you know, I was just doing these out of my living room, but by the third event, we had secured a venue and we had sold out of 150 tickets on Eventbrite. That was wow. my aha, my light bulb moment. I was like, okay, this is bigger than what I think it is. I think I could turn this into a nonprofit and make it something. So I went forward with that and I was still working my full-time job at the time and still in my last year of college when I was 
putting it all together. So it was very stressful, but it was something that I really still loved. So it didn't really feel like work. And then during the pandemic, I actually, well, not during the pandemic, right before the pandemic started and we went into the stay in place orders, I had quit my job to pursue and rise full time. And it's been a wrap ever since that. And, you know, I, I just love what I do. I'm really passionate about helping women just heal and move forward. So I did start and rise um, because I don't think money should ever be a reason why women can't move forward in their healing. If they want to see a therapist or a counselor, I don't think, you know, but they're underinsured or they don't have insurance or whatever. So I don't think that should be the reason why we can't move forward. So Andrise does offer free counseling for women in Illinois. And um, my plan, my long-term vision is to give um, free counseling to women in the U S and then even longer term vision is to make this a worldwide organization to help women all over the world. Cause as you know, there's a lot of underdeveloped countries that still, you know, there's still not a like, lot of women's rights. They still treat women badly. You know, there's not resources for women and things like that. So, so that's why I created and rise and just to help women through like workshops and events. And, you know, we do support groups as well. We do them in person and virtually. So if you're in another area, a lot of the women that we do serve are in, in areas that are, uh, they don't have these types of resources in their areas. So they're from more like rural areas or things like that, or they just came to our support group and they really enjoy it and they keep coming back. Um, and then I also started uh, and Flourish, which is my coaching business. I started a little over a year ago now, and I just help women more on a one-on-one -on -one basis or group coaching basis. And we're helping them work through their healing in a more in-depth way, I guess, than, than through and rise. So just really helping these women with boundaries and forgiveness, not just of others, but themselves, accepting the things that have happened in your past, no matter how unfortunate. And then also just being able to leave it behind and move past it and, you know, being honest about it with your coach and God, of course, and, 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 and flourish is faith-based as well. So, you know, and we do incorporate faith and spirituality into the work that we do. Cause that's another thing that helped me in my journey along the way is when I, found God again and, you know, really confided in him and helped him or asked him to help me let a lot of the anger and resentment go. And that was absolutely life-changing, you know, so God is a big part of my life now as when opposed to when I first started all of this. So that is another big thing for my business that I really love that I incorporated faith into it because I think you got to have faith in something, you know, in nice. order to, for some, you know, in order to have that like hope or whatever, it's like, you have to believe in something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, right. so yeah, so yeah. that's how it all started. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a great story and it's a great vision that you have for this, you know, not just, I mean, you have a big vision, which is really exciting and um, just so inspirational as you, you know, as we listen to that. Um, I think there's a few key things too, even that you mentioned that I wanted to point out that I've, I've heard before, but I also heard one thing that I'm not sure someone has stated it that way. You talked about like with the sexual abuse, like, yes, it happened, but now the choices that I'm making now are my choices, even though that wasn't my choice. And I think that's a very powerful statement. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's not easy. Like if anything oh, happened, not. right. And it took me a long time to realize that I went through a long many, many years of me not realizing. And then finally, I just, I think the counseling really helped me to realize like, okay, you, what are you going to do now though? You know, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that stuff happened, but it's up to you at this point. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make my life what I want it to be. And I did, I, I just went for it. I took a lot of risks on myself, but deep down, honestly, I knew that I was meant to do something big. I always had this hunch that I was meant to do something. I just never knew what it was until I found it and rise. And then I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
so many people can learn from that, you know, regardless of what it, what it is yeah. that has happened. Um, it's that, okay, but I'm going to do, I'm going to take control now in a good way and yes. make the choices. I mean, you said that like you're, and again, this is something else I've heard. You said that like your, your mother knew about it, didn't say anything. Um, it was real, it was a real secret. I just yes. know, I have a good friend who has shared what she now you know, believes about abuse and she's been really shunned from her family. So like, how did that, I mean, did that happen as you decided to, to come and speak about it or how was that with your, when you did say, this is what happened and I'm going to start talking about it. Like, how was, how how were your family relationships? I didn't, I just did. I, I didn't say, Hey, by the way, is it okay if I know, because I knew that if I were to ask them, they, they wouldn't want me to talk about it, but at the end of the day, before I decided to go public with it, I really thought about it because it, it really was something where I was like, oh, I was very ashamed about it at first because of who my abuser was. And I, I had a lot of guilt and shame. But then once I re- got past the guilt and shame that like, you shouldn't feel guilty. You did nothing wrong. You were seven years old. You didn't ask for this to happen to you. Once I kind of like realized that, then it was like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to do it because you know what, even if all my, all of my family disowns me, at least I know I'm doing the right thing and I'm helping other women out there. Cause there's a lot of people, it's not just women, men go through it too. There's a lot of people that go through sexual abuse and it is very, very traumatic. And it's for me, the more traumatic thing was my telling my mom and her not doing anything more than the sexual abuse itself, believe it or not, because I felt very like abandoned. And I, you know, she did used to choose my dad over, over our, me and my sisters. So that was, um, I had a lot of issues with her. I was, I was so angry with my mother for most of my life and had a lot of resentment towards her, believe it or not, more than my, than my dad too. And I, and once I found, you know, God again, I was able to let that go. I gave it to God. Like, just, you know what, like, I don't want to have all this, these bad feelings towards her, you know, and it also helped me, something else that helped me forgive her was understanding where she came from, what type of, you know, childhood she had. And, you know, the type of childhood she had were very conservative, um, you know, don't talk about anything. There's no feelings and we don't talk about any of these things and, you know, keep it hush hush. That's how she was raised. And, you know, so And plus my dad was narcissistic. So I can imagine what he was doing to her, the type of damage he was, you know, or the things he was putting in her head. So it made forgiving her a little bit easier when I tried to put myself in her shoes, you know, and I am in the process of like trying to get her to go to like counseling and kind of talking all this through because I, it's just on my heart. Like I, I I feel like she needs to know that you know, her actions affected me in a very negative way as an adult or not even just as an adult, just, you know, all together um, as a person. So, um, yeah, it's just that we need to kind of work through that. But that's definitely something that I want to work through, because then again, that's something that I could help my clients, you know, with because mm-hmm. a lot of people have issues with their families that, you know, people didn't say anything. And like I said, I didn't tell anyone that I was going to do this. I don't even know what they know is out there, but it's out there. And I know I'm doing the right thing. So even if they get mad, I, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm at peace yeah. with it. Right. Yeah. There are generational patterns that, you know, repeat themselves. We've talked about that on this podcast. There mm-hmm. are, and I, you know, I've, when I've gone through some um, different courses and counseling and things like that, even one of the exercises we did that I think is, uh, pertinent to this is that we had like we stood in front of somebody and 
we held a notebook up or somebody held a notebook up. And so like they asked me like, what, what do you see? Well, I see blue, right? Cause the notebook right. is blue. And then asked the person on the other side, well, what do you see? Well, I see tan. It's like, well, no, I mean, it shouldn't it be blue. And it's like, it's like getting on the other side of the notebook. I bring that up a lot with, um, you know, as I talk with other people, it's like just seeing, because the fact of the matter is they see it that way. I see it this way. Neither one's right. I mean, neither one's wrong. I mean, we're both right, but it's like, but can we get on the other side of the notebook and take a look at that? And, and again, see what, like, what was your mother going through? And, and not that, not that that necessarily excuses that, but it gives some more perspective into, Yes. You know, and and that's what a lot of people tell me. They're like, no, I'm not forgiving them that, you know, no, they did this and that to me. And I'm like, but it's not for them. It's for you. It's Mm -hmm. for your heart. Your heart's not supposed to be angry and and hold all that resentment. It's so you can let it go and move on with your life, you know, and it doesn't excuse forgiving people doesn't mean that you're excusing their behavior, what they did to you. It's just, you know, it's just forgiving them for, for what, you know, for whatever and being able to move on with your life. And I think that's the most important thing. And, but a lot of people get stuck on, but they did this to me, but they did that. So they don't deserve it. It's not for them though. It's for you. So right, you don't really. have it. Yeah, yeah. Forgiveness isn't about the other person. I've, and you don't even I, have to tell them that you mm-mm. forgave them. You don't have to tell them you can do it in your heart and move on with life. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I often have done, um, different meditations, um, kind of in the morning and, done that type of forgiveness walking through even like I have it on my wall here mm-hmm. that um how do you say it hopo no the Hawaiian prayer that <laughs> um I don't know if you know about that one but it's basically it's it's saying um you know I love you please forgive me I'm sorry thank you and it's just kind of going through you know as you think of somebody and going through and saying those those yeah. things and it really it's can be so freeing again oh, to have is. To, to go through that forgiveness type of thing. It's so freeing for you. And like you said, that's the most important thing is to try to free up your heart and what they choose to do from there is, yeah. is their, their choice, but, absolutely. but yeah. that's all that we can control really is what we, you know, exactly. what we're doing, the energy we're bringing into the room. I also want to talk about just that idea of community, like the fact that you yeah. just, it sounded like you, just said, you know, it just come on over. Let's be together. I want to share my story. Maybe you have a story. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I mean, everybody has everybody's story, yeah. got a story after 120 episodes or whatever I've done here. <laughs> everybody has a story. And as I, you know, one is not, it, there's just everybody has, you know, everybody yes. has a story. And the fact that we can, that you did that, you had, you provided this safe space for women to come and just hear other people's stories. Because I think what I find is that when we hear other people's stories, it gives us permission to tell our story yes. and to feel okay about, oh, well, I guess my story is not like, maybe I should share that. And Absolutely. when somebody tells you that your story inspired me to do something different or, or whatever, but I love that idea that you just, for whatever reason, started invited invited women over and provided that space yeah and they really like they really enjoyed it and I was like why I mean just because I had been to an event that gave me the idea to start doing those women empowerment events out of my living room and these women were just sharing their stories they didn't even know I didn't know that any of these people I knew one person there maybe two and I was just completely inspired by their stories of like you know just being vulnerable and crying together and 
just supporting each other. It was such a beautiful thing. And I was like, wow, I want to like replicate this and give this to women because I truly believe by sharing our stories, that's how we truly connect with other people. Because a lot of the times, especially as women, we don't talk about things, you know, we don't want to bombard people with our problems or our stories or it's too much, you know, or people won't understand. But when we hear the person sitting next to us went through the same exact thing, you're like, whoa, okay, so I'm not alone. There's just so many people that go through and it's just, I've, I know that I've like resonated with so many people by hearing their story. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I should connect with this person because we have so much in common. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Right. And storytelling yeah. is very, very powerful more than people realize. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of like different events where we're like, let's just share. And people are like kind of weird at first. I don't know if I'm ready to share, but then once they see other women being vulnerable and sharing their stuff, they're like, okay, I can do it. You know, mm-hmm. gives them that courage to, and then once they say it, they, there's a lot of women too. It's like, I've never talked about this my whole entire life. So the fact that I'm able to like come here and get it out, it felt so good. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And I'm like, yeah, I know it sounds cheesy, but I always say healing is revealing. You know, we reveal these secrets, you know, it, it's not eating us up inside anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let it out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I also was raised in a very conservative, you know, English Christian home, and we didn't talk about the bad stuff. And, you know, I've said before on this um, podcast and to others, I mean, that's really what kind of led to my struggles in college and my eating disorder is that I just didn't feel like I didn't have that confidence to make my own decisions, you know, as I went away from home where I, we just kind of followed what mom and dad said. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also didn't have that. Like, I didn't feel like it was safe for me to say, hey, I'm I'm having a hard time. And, oh, because I would you know, comparison's always been my, one of the things that I have struggled with. You know, I looked at my sister who was at my college, you know, a couple of years before me and one that was older than her. I mean, they all seem to be so much smarter and doing so much better than me. And so what was I, you know, I can't share that with my parents. And because again, but when I look at it and I've, I've looked back on it now and have gotten past all that, it is that that's, that's what I, that's what I was shown. And when I look and I've known about my mother's past and my father's past, like that's what they were shown. They just Mm -hmm. didn't, they just went forward and they did it. They didn't talk about like, well, this really stinks that, you know, mom's got to go to work now that grandpa or dad decided to buy, like in my mother's case, you know, my grandfather decided to buy this 80 acre farm when my mom was in high school and moved him out to the country because he wanted to do that. Well, that ended up being that my, my grandmother had to go to work and there was my mother stuck as a teenager. Like she kind of became the pseudo mom for her younger sister. And she had to like take on all these responsibilities Yeah, and you just did it. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, again, it's just, it's, it's good to look back and to have that perspective. But again, I, I know that that's what I was modeled that, we just don't talk about the bad stuff. And yeah. I still have, I love that. Again, you help women find their voice. That's one of my big things the last couple of years is for me finding my voice and just figuring out how to have it in a, find my voice in like a, it's a good way because sometimes you find your voice and you're so pissed off or you're oh, so yeah. hurt was- or you're so <laughs> like, and you don't even, it just comes out as like attacking the other person or something. And it's not easy to, right. to do that when you don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that what's also, 
you know, important for maybe women to hear and that could help women is just like, if somebody's listening to this and they feel like they're in just, or they know that they're in a abusive situation or um, they just like, but they're really scared. Like, what would you tell somebody like that? Like, what could they do if they feel like they want to, they need to get out or they need to make a change, but they don't, they're so scared about, yeah. you know, like, what would you tell somebody like that? Yeah, definitely. Especially if it's an abusive relationship, you definitely have to come out, come up with a safety plan, a good safety plan. And there are resources that I could give women on that too. Like of uh, there's nonprofits that specifically help women with safety plans that are like domestic violence uh, type of nonprofits. So I'm not an expert on, on safety plans. I just know that you have to have one, um, especially if, you know, this person does is consistently, you know, abusive, physically abusive to you. You have to be really careful because if they're physically abusive, then they, it could get worse. I've heard stories of, you know, these people trying to kill the person that's trying to escape. So you have to be really, really careful about it. And um, I would just also say too, to just have faith, you know, that you're when you do the right thing, you'll get rewarded for it. I, I truly believe that. And I think, um, you know, just pray, you know, pray for God to kind of cover you with, uh, you know, protection and, and all that stuff and just have faith that he'll help you get out of that situation. But there are a lot, a lot of resources out there for women that are not just in domestically or domestic like abuse situations, but, you know, sexual and emotional. There's a lot of different things out there with, with tons of information or hotlines or, you know, just escape plans, like I said, things like that. So there are a lot more things than we probably even know are out there now, as opposed to maybe like 20 years ago, there wasn't a lot out there, but now there's a lot of stuff. Um, so that there's definitely resources and help available. So don't feel like you're alone. Um, that's another a big piece of advice. Like, don't feel like you're alone. Tell somebody you trust, you know, what you're planning on doing too. making sure, making sure that they're a person that you can really, really trust that they have nothing to do with the other person. And, you know, because sometimes we think that it's a safe person and they're really not. So just being really, really careful about that before you go and disclose. And if you think nobody in your life is safe, then don't say anything and maybe go to like, they have what, what, what are called victim advocates. Um, and they help you if you have your specific, they're kind of like a counselor, but they're not a, like a licensed counselor, but they're victim advocates that help victims of abuse or victims of sexual abuse or whatever. And they help them, you know, with a plan or with resources or anything like that. So. Um, that's de- something definitely I can share after after the podcast and or just give you like a link to several. Yeah, and we can put yeah we can put that in the show notes. Those are good things um, and good tips. I was involved in Wheaton Junior Women's Club for about ten years in my in my area here, and um, you know it's it's a wonderful organization that raises money and gives scholarships and then um, supports other businesses in the areas. And I know that. I know that there's a couple of safe houses in our town that women live in and they're safe. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are definitely, and I also want to make sure we say this too, because we were talking with, um, it just came up the other day, like somebody shared with me something that was going on with their friend and they're like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be telling you and all that. I said, you know what? Or, and, oh, and then they also said, I don't know if I should be telling him like what I was, what I was seeing, like, I think, you know, and I said, you know what, I think, you know, make sure that you do, because sometimes that's what a good friend is, is that you point out what you're seeing, because sometimes that person, and I know in my, and I shared with 
this person, my own case when I was um, dating somebody mm-hmm. and not in a really good situation. And um, that person had shared with me that if I ever needed to get out, which I didn't think I was ever going to need that. Yeah. But she said, if you ever need a place to come to, you can always come here. Mm-hmm. And when that guy came this close to hitting me, I, I packed my bags and I walked out of that apartment so quickly and I went to her apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so gets me. That was a long time ago, but that was a friend that said, you know what, I'm here. And she, she, I think she saw that I needed to get out, but I needed to come to it on my own terms. Um, But I knew it was so comforting to know, even though it was so many years ago, that when I walked down those stairs, I had a place to go to that was safe, you know? And I think that as a friend to those people, we need to make sure that we offer that and say, Hey, whatever we love. I love you. Whatever you choose to do. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of the times we think people are confiding in us to get, um, advice. And a lot of the times they just want you to listen. And a lot of the times they just want you to say, I'm here for you. It's okay. Or like you said, just offering, Hey, if you need somewhere to go, you know, something happens, you always have a place here. And you also mentioned too, like just being honest with them. Sometimes people need to hear it (laughs) and it might not go in. It might not, you know, they might not register it, but at least you're planting the seed. Mm -hmm. I always think there's, there is a lot of power in planting a seed. So a lot of people are not ready just like me, I, I had to go through a lot of stuff for me to finally get it, uh, you know, and everybody does things in their own time that you can bitch and complain, you know, all day and, and tell them all these things. But if they're not ready, they're not ready. So just, you know, making sure you're planting the seed and being truthfully honest, because I believe um, that good friends tell the truth, even if it sucks, even if it hurts, even if it's mean or, or what, not mean, but, you know, like it's something that they don't want to hear because anybody could act really nice and be like, pretend like things aren't happening, but a good person, you know, a friend's going to tell them what a family member would tell them, you know? Right. And right. I believe that. And I think that it's important. Yeah. And I think that when, um, again, when you're in an abusive situation, be it emotionally or physically, like you feel, I mean, you feel like you don't, like you don't have the power to step out into. And I know that for myself because I felt very controlled by this person. And I even remember saying to my girlfriend, yeah, well, who's going to, I mean, this was my plan that I was going to move in with him and we were going to get married and all that. And it was falling apart. But I was like, but who is going to love me after I've lived with this guy? Who is, you know, and, you know, my friend was there to say, hey, it's, you're a lovable person, but I didn't feel that good about myself. So I didn't even, again, like, why would I leave? Because I got, my future doesn't look that good. So um, again, I think that friend can tell you, you know, tell you differently. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there Uh, (laughs) where people would be like, what are you doing with this person? Or he's this, or he's that. And I'm like, no, he's great. What are you talking about? And I just had to go through it on my own to get it. But, you know, mm. it's always good still that you know that, okay, well, they did try to tell me, so they did have good intentions. And even at the moment, you might get mad about it. Later on, you'll realize, okay, they had good intentions. They didn't want to see me suffer or go through this stuff with right. this person. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you shared things today. And again, so that we can have this, again, we can hear people can hear stories, but also people have these resources of things um, that are out there and for sure what you're doing. Tell people where they can find you. And I definitely will put this in the show notes as well, but make sure that people know where to find you, Jennifer. 
Yeah, so you can visit the And Rise website. So the website is www.womenrisechicago.org. And um, if you want to reach me directly, my email is jennifer at womenrisechicago.org. Um, in order and to visit the And Flourish website, which is the coaching, um, it's www.andflourish.co.com. That co. <laughs> and then if you want to meet, reach me through there, um, it's jennifer at andflourish.co. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. It, you know, I'm all over social media too. So if you want to add any of that, you, you can go to those pages and you'll see links for to add us on like Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you. And again, it'll be in the show notes so people can just click through there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, any last words to those that are listening that you want to share? Yeah. I mean, just, just take it a day at a time, especially when, when you're healing from something that has happened to you, um, be graceful to yourself because healing is, uh, it's a long journey. And this is the way that I explain it to people. It's like having a wound that's infected uh, you know, and, and it stinks, you know, it's gross and you have to clean it and it hurts and it's uncomfortable. That's exactly how I describe healing. But as time goes on and you keep taking care of it and cleaning out that wound every day and cleaning it, it's eventually the infection goes away and then it becomes a, you know, a scab and then it gets uncomfortable again. You think you're good and, you know, and then it starts to get itchy and uncomfortable. And that's exactly how healing is. You think, you know, you're over a hump and then something else happens, but it is, the other side of healing is so beautiful and it's so worth it. And so many people are scared of pain. Uh, we live in a society that's taught us that pain uh, is not okay. And pain, I think, is like necessary to learn and to grow, you know, and they think that every, pills cannot solve everything these days, like the way they tell you, like, just take a pill for this, take a pill for that. You know, you have to really heal yourself from the inside to, to see improvement, you know, so no matter how hard or difficult or uncomfortable it is, you know, that's always how we grow is being in uncomfortable situations and how we learn more about ourselves. And so just take it a day at a time and, you know, give yourself credit for the little baby steps. A lot of people don't, you know, they, they do these little things or take a different step and they're like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal to try to downplay it. And I'm like, no, we got to celebrate these little things. It might be a little bit, but it's still something it's, it's better than where you were yesterday. And you always have to, you know, forgive yourself for, you know, maybe allowing abuse to happen or maybe staying too long. There's a lot of people are like, I can't forgive myself. And you have to, that's a big, big piece of the healing is forgiving yourself, you know, being able to, again, let it go and move on with your life, you know, and it's definitely worth it. Uh, And always here as a resource, if anybody wants to just tell me their story or talk or ask questions or anything like that, I'm always here. I'm always willing to listen, always willing to just, you know, be there in any way that I can. So yeah, use me as a resource and we do the support groups. There's a lot of things that I do to help. So um, definitely take advantage of those things as well. Yeah, there are some great things out there for people too. And um, I love that. I've heard that before when pain, when pain is there, it's when pain arises, it's there to teach us something. Mm -hmm. So um, um, it's okay to look at the pain, even though yeah. it'll be, be painful. So I love yeah. that infected wound thing. Mm-hmm. So thank you again, Jennifer, for being here and sharing all of this. Um, I really do appreciate it. I know the listeners, um, this will be a great resource for them too. And again, thank you for coming back to listen. Um, listeners, please do share this because I, again, we know that there are so many out there that 
um, are not in good situations and that will need to hear this. So please make sure that you share this podcast with others. Come back and listen uh, for some other wonderful episodes. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.